Hey guys, congratulations on making it 14 days on your narc free journey. That's a huge accomplishment. I am still so proud of each and every one of you. Today we're going to be discussing regret. So <laughs> there's so much to regret with dating a narcissist or a toxic person, but there's also things that I, um, that I think we think about regret and it's just like, I regret being with you. I regret I regret giving you my love. I regret spending so much time with you. And then once you're out of that relationship, regret takes over again. Um, and you rethink about it because you're hurt, right? You're hurt that you were either discarded. You're hurt that you wasted so much time. You start reminiscing about good times and bad times. You start reminiscing about red flags, um, things that you could have spotted earlier um, in either the talking phase, the dating phase that you just let go or let bypass. I know for myself, there were so many red flags with him already being in a previous relationship when we started talking with him wanting to rush the relationship. And we went from zero to married oh so quickly. Um, red flags there, withholding information, lying about family members, lying about um, his job. There were so many things there that could have stopped me. But this person, you know, they, they put up this this facade, you know, <laughs> it's that toxic person where it's like, what you're saying to me is literally caca coming out of your mouth. But it's dressed in a marshmallow or something. You know what I mean? It's like, it's covered up caca because what you're saying to me makes absolutely no sense. And I should do more research on it, but I'm going to believe you because the, the person that it's coming out of is so sweet, so giving. Cause remember that's how they are in the beginning, right? They're so sweet, so giving, so attentive. I know for my narc, he had asked me what I was looking for in a relationship. And I told him big mistake. And I think I've discussed this before in a previous episode. Those are things that when you're in a healthy relationship, you wouldn't think to say, oh, I, or you wouldn't think not to say those, what you're looking for to someone, you know, that wouldn't be a red flag. Like, oh, I'm not going to tell you what I want. I will tell you now that I'm very, very cautious of who I give that information out to now, just because I have learned that some people will adapt to what you're looking for. And when someone adapts to what you're looking for, that's not the true authentic, their true authentic self. So now I kind of just got personalities and I don't rush anything. When someone wants to be in a relationship with me after two weeks or less, it is a huge red flag to me because I'm like, you do not know me. You haven't seen me through my good, through my bad month at all. You haven't even seen me through a menstrual cycle. Let's be serious. You know what I mean? Like you, you don't even know me upset yet. You just know happy go lucky me, but give it two more weeks. You might see a whole different side of me. So <laughs> with that being said, regret. One of the things that I regretted was not speaking up and not speaking up sooner. In fact, so for me, I regretted not telling anyone what was really going on. I regretted not using my voice to say, no, you will not treat me this way. You know, I think 
In the beginning, I did a little bit of it, but it came off as an attitude because I didn't know how else to express it. I just knew that the love that I was receiving, I didn't like. And I couldn't figure out what it was because this person was giving me so much. You know, he was paying for things. We were going places. He was giving me this attention per se, but it still just didn't feel genuine. And I remember dating someone recently and I was getting the same vibe where I was just like on paper, you are everything that I want, but with you here in person, I'm not getting that. So I have to let you go because there's something that's just missing. And when I was dating my narc on paper, for the most part, everything that I wanted, but in person and being with him, absolutely not. And I wish I would have spoke up sooner. I wish I would have been able to articulate what I was feeling to other people and to him. And maybe I I may have been able to get out of that relationship sooner. I you know, I'll never know because I did wait so long. And when I, I think what happens when you're in a toxic relationship or you're with a narcissist is you get so angry that you build up so much. And then when it comes out, it's nasty, right? It's real, real nasty because you've held on to it for so long. I can remember uh, one time, I think we were at one of his family functions and they had said something about, oh, when are you guys going to get married or something to that extent of like why do you want to be with him and I think I had said well when he figures out what he's doing or when he starts to act right we'll get married and that was my way of saying you know he's cheating constantly I'm the prize he's constantly cheating I'm tired of it he needs to grow up but we're still together and it came off more oh she's snooty And she thinks she's better than you and you're giving her so much. Or there was a time where we were out with his cousins and they, it was something about shopping. I can't really remember. And he was like, well, yeah, that's why I work so hard. I just give her my card and let her go. And I was like, "Uh, no, I work. (laughs) I work and I pay for my own stuff. And he kind of just looked at me and they looked at me too, like, okay. And in that moment, I can see how being a man, how that would affect your ego. So I felt bad. So I was like, okay, maybe I should have just let him have that. But then again, I was like, no, I don't want people to think that you're just sitting here paying for things for me. And I think we discussed that in the car, like he was upset. And I'm just like, well, why would you tell them or make it seem like you're paying for all this stuff for me when one, I work and I make more and I provide for myself and for you sometimes. And I think that's where, you know, I want to, to be able to articulate that better to say, you know what, like, yeah, you do work hard and yeah, you are a great provider, but you know, I got my own, I've been providing for myself, but I know if I ever needed anything, I could come to you. And maybe that would have came off a little bit differently, but I was angry. I was tired of him lying (laughs) and trying to make it seem like he was spending all this stuff. I can't remember if that was after, um, I took him to Hawaii and paid for everything. And he was cheating um, and sending women photos while we're there. But um, it it was around that time. So your girl was mad. Um, I also regret, which I'm slowly, five years later, I'm slowly starting to forgive myself. But I regret not being strong enough to leave. Um, 
as I've stated before in my um, journey, in the beginning of my abuse story, the red flag was there the first time we went on a trip. It, when he blocked me inside of a room, he went into this angry rage. The jealousy was there and I stayed. And I remember so vividly <laughs> that I had never been in this type of situation with a guy before. I was away. I was, we were in Florida and we're at Disney World of all places, the happiest place on earth, right? And I remember telling myself, what am I going to do? Am I going to fly home? He knows where I live. Am I just going to shut up and put up? until I can get to a safe space. Mind you, this is after I finally got out the room, after I ran out the room, ran into the lobby, called my sister, huffing and puffing, not knowing what to do. And I remember on the plane, I decided to, you know, pretend, because I think we had two more days or a day left, to pretend that everything was okay. And I remember I was saying, okay, when I get back to New York, he has to go back to Georgia. I'm going to dump him, never have to see him again but I'm going to get there safely because he has to drive me back to the airport. Like he has to get his bag from my house. Like all these things were going through my head. But, um, I remember, I remember that feeling of just being scared. I didn't know if he was going to choke me and I was going to pass out. I didn't know if he was going to hit me. I didn't know if he was going to, you know, hurt me while I slept. And I remember that was the first time I actually had to pretend. And it was so scary. It was so scary. To this day, I do not like being put in weird, strange positions, not sexual, <laughs> but just circumstances with guys. So like, you know, going over to a man's house to me now is like, I really have to know you. I have to feel comfortable being close enough to the door. I don't like for you one to know where I work. I don't like for you to know what kind of car I drive. You're definitely not getting my house address until we're in a relationship. I was even in a relationship and still didn't give out this information. Obviously, I still needed to do some more healing. So I shouldn't have been in that relationship. But I remember just thinking, yeah, I'm not going to tell you where I live. Because one, I don't know if you're going to give this information to my ex because they knew each other. And two, I just don't feel comfortable with you being able to pop up. So there's so much trauma that came from that regret of just not being strong enough to leave. There was times where, you know, I see the text messages and now we're living together. And all I can think about is you're going to ruin my credit because we're both on this lease. And I worked so hard for my credit and now I can't leave until the lease is up. The lease is up. I go back to my home state. And then what? I'm like, okay, this is it. I'm going to get away. But guess what? My family is toxic. So now I'm just like, which toxicity do I want? You know, do I want the toxicity where I'm a little bit more spoiled and, you know, I can be with this person, this person is telling me they love me and giving me pretty much unconditional love, toxic unconditional love, but I get to be with him and not have to stress so much. Or do I stay with my family who's stressing me out daily? You know, so it's the, <laughs> what was the lesser evils of the two? I chose the wrong one, of course. Um, but being a child that came from a toxic family, I said, you know what, this, the toxicity that I'm getting from him is completely different than what I get from you guys. I'd rather be cuddled at night and deal with that versus what I'm dealing with now. And that's the truth. You know, <laughs> after so many years, I had to come to the realization of why I chose what I chose 
And that's what it was. I chose to go back because I wasn't strong enough to be on my own. I wasn't strong enough to confront my family with their toxicity yet. I wasn't strong enough to fully just walk away and be alone when I was going through family stress. So I kept running back, you know, until, and again, I also didn't know what a narcissist was. So I just thought, you know, I came from a toxic family. He came from a toxic family. We're having a toxic relationship. I want it to get better. I want us to go through counseling, but I don't see, you know, it changing anything, but the more, you know, right. Um, <laughs> another regret that I had was wasting time with the narc and it kind of goes into, you know, not being strong enough to leave. I met the narc in my mid twenties. So society says I should be married and have a kid, right. And get a home soon. And if I don't have those things, then I'm not wanted or there's something wrong with me and you're not wanted. Before that, I was in another relationship that wasn't really going anywhere. Um, and before that, I was just single for a really long time. So I kind of came out of a long, I came from being single, came from a long distance relationship, hopped straight into a narcissistic relationship and I, (laughs) I let him waste my time because of what society says, honestly, because I felt wanted. I remember telling people, oh yeah, I know I'm going to get engaged. And I remember when I met up with an art for the first time in person and I was like, okay, well he needs to propose because I'm already telling people I'm getting engaged, which validated that somebody wanted me. It made, because, you know, before I wasn't talking about, all I had was the inconsistent boyfriend that I was with for five years that, you know, didn't pick me up, didn't call on to check to make sure I made it home, even though I lived in New York City. So now I have this guy who's sending me flowers weekly and calling from out of the country to make sure that I'm okay. And I, I was mid twenties. I left when I was 31 I believe um so critical time right maybe 30 31 I feel like it was 31 um critical time because yeah maybe 32 we're gonna go with 32 I'm still stuck on this age thing right um because I left at a time where I felt like he took my youth right so he took all my youth he took my 20s He took my body because I started to gain weight. I started to stop caring so much about what I looked like. So what do us women say? You took the best of me. You took my best years. So now what? I'm going to ride it out. I'm going to ride it out because you took the best that I had. So now I don't feel like I'm worthy out there. And for men, I'm not for sure how it goes with you guys. I'm pretty sure it, it can feel the same like in your younger years. If you're stuck with a woman who is just using and abusing you. And then now you're a little bit older and now you're being judged by women because you don't have something, but you, you gave it all, you know, like you may not be where you want to be in your career, um, things like that because, or you're out of shape just because you were in a comfortable relationship with someone who constantly drained you. But I remember leaving that relationship and in my head, I was like, okay, I have to hurry up and find someone because if I don't, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? You know, I'm at, I'm in my thirties. I have to hurry up and find someone, marry them, have a baby. And now five years later, even though I'm my age, um, I'm just like, you know what? If it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. But 
I'm not gonna let my age dictate who I date. And that's just where I'm at. (laughs) So, you know, hey, if I don't get married until 46, um, God forbid, but if I don't get married until 46, I'm okay with not being married until 46, but being with someone who makes me feel 25 and gives me those butterflies in my stomach. I'd rather have that true happiness, true love for the remainder of my life than rushing into something or someone that's poisonous, you know, where it's just time wasting. I I gave the narc so much already. I don't want to give the next person anything else. And I, I challenge you guys for that. When you guys start, when you're ready to start dating again, really think about, do you see yourself with this person for the next 50, 60 years? Do you see this person being everything you need to be? Or, I mean, no one can give you everything, right? But are they checking off enough things that say, I'd rather wait for you until I'm 55, gray hair and all, knowing that I cannot have children with you, but give you the rest of my life because you're everything that I need or rush into something because of what society is saying and how your friends and your family are making you feel for not being settled down or not in another relationship or constantly bringing up your past relationship with an art and telling you that you're damaged. I know for me, that's what my family did. They told me that I was so damaged that I still need to give somebody else a chance. I'm like, no, you know, I was in the relationship, so I know what I need. Um, or I knew when I was ready to date again. And I think them being afraid, they're constantly on guard and saying, no, you don't need to date. God will bring someone to you, which I do believe will happen. But at the same time, I can't sit in my house. I can't, you know, sit in my house with the windows closed and think God's going to bring someone to me. I do have to get out there. I have to date. But I think I have the skills now to say, you are not for me. You're a great person, but I have to let you go or you're a huge red flag and I'm just not even going to entertain entertain you at all. I've learned to say no. And I'm very proud of myself um, because before I would entertain anyone who liked me. And now I'm just like, yeah, no, thank you. But no, thank you. And I'm, I'm very, very strong with that now. So I'm very proud of myself with that. Um, some other things that I regretted um, this early in leaving the narcissist because it's what two weeks <laughs> is leaving and returning because how many times have we left and returned right they say I think it's like six times don't quote me I want to say it's six times that an abused person will leave and come back before they finally leave and don't come back and for me let me tell you how many times I said I'm leaving or I did leave where I would visit him and we would break up and I'd get a hotel or I'd fly back early over arguing, disrespect, cheating, so many things, so many things. And then I would return because we'd have a good few months, you know, a good few weeks where the conversation was positive and he affirmed me and I felt like he was changing and I felt like, okay, we can do this. We just, I need to figure out how to talk to you. I need to lose my attitude. 
I need to, you know, respect you more. All these things. Because it's always us, right? It's always, we always want to change. And the narc has constantly told us that it is us. And he's feeding into something you've probably told him about yourself that you need to work on. So they're, they're pulling that out. And so in my head, that's what I kept saying. I was like, okay, this is what I got to do. I'm going to do it because he's trying. So we're going to try together. But (laughs) I regret it. I regret still how many times I left and came back. And once again, five years later, I'm still working on this. Does it control my day to day? No, it does not. But every now and then I'll get a glimpse of, you know, the time wasted and I'll be like, dang, why didn't I just leave this time? Why didn't I just leave this time? I could have saved so much heartache. I could have saved friendships, but God had a plan and now I have a podcast. So, (laughs) you know, um, it is a lesson learned and I'm taking this lesson and I'm growing with it. Um, I also regretted not being treated right. (laughs) Right. Um, for someone who just never thought they would be in an abusive relationship. Um, and again, mine was more mental than physical. You know, there were things thrown at me at times, um, doors blocked, you know, tried to stop me from leaving or taking my keys, hiding my keys, taking my phone, things like that. But no, like actual physical hitting of myself from him. But I regretted staying with someone who didn't treat me right. Someone who called me the B word. Someone who spit on my car um, because they did something to me. Someone who lied about me to other people. Um, Someone who just didn't honestly truly love me, but made me feel that my love was not enough. Even though I'm the type of person who I'm huge on holidays, I'm huge on birthdays, and I always want someone to feel loved on those days because... You know, you should feel loved on the day that you were brought into this world and on holidays. And I, I never really received that back. And you're supposed to, you're supposed to give without the hopes of giving back. So when it happened in my relationship, you know, I always, and I guess, I don't know if it's a male thing, but I always like seem to date guys who I'm like, oh yeah, I'm not really big on birthdays. I'm not really big on holidays. I'm like, what? I need somebody. I'm putting it out there. I need somebody who is big on birthdays and holidays because you need to match my energy I always want like to make someone feel loved and so you know he told me a story of like how he's never really had a birthday and blah 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 who knows if that was the truth sounds like it was a lie now and so I go out of my way to get you everything you want I get you an apple watch I get you an i no no what is it called playstation one of those little xbox playstation one of them whatever it was i get you those things because i want you to feel loved right and get you a custom cake because i want you to feel loved only to read a text message that yeah i'm gonna get her to buy these things for me so you already knew your manipulation by constantly bringing it up and you felt like you found a sucker because she's eventually gonna get it and i was because guess what I wanted you to feel loved. So (laughs) I hoped for the same in return, right? Okay, it's my birthday. Mind you, it is hard, you know, dating me because right after Christmas, less than a month later, it's my birthday. Okay, then 
right around the corner is Valentine's Day. But the person who's for me will be able to step up to that. So, you know, we turn around and it's my birthday and I get a book, you know, nice gesture, more of a Christmas gift. I get a book of picture of you and some of me. And that's my birthday gift. You see how it just, it wasn't, it wasn't given the same effort. Um, grateful, kept it, used it. Actually, it was really great after we finally broke up and I was able to rip those pages up. <laughs> so thank you. Um, but it just wasn't, it wasn't doing the same thing. So I wasn't getting what I was giving and I kept telling myself it's because he's not used to being loved I'm gonna love him so hard that eventually he'll love me just as much not to say that I didn't receive things because I started to receive monetary things like um iPads and headphones like as the relationship grew but I felt like those were mm, bribery gifts um, because I had already called him cheating. So it's like, uh, let me give her something. And I'm like, eh. <laughs> you know, it, I don't know. It just, it never felt right or genuine. Um, and then lastly, um, I think something that I regretted was giving the narc stuff, um, which kind of went over briefly, but buying stuff for the narc. You know, like giving him money, taking him on vacations. In the beginning, I regretted all of that stuff that I did for them. Um, now, not so much because I take it as a lesson. But in the beginning, definitely. Mm-hmm, definitely. <laughs> I was like, I want my stuff back. I want my money back. I remember when I was leaving, I was like, I'm taking all of this stuff. I was going to take Xboxes, Playstations, TVs. I was going to take it all. I was like... You know how the, the person that says I'm reclaiming my time? I was reclaiming my stuff, my money. But um, in the end, you know, I didn't have nowhere to put it. So I was like, let me leave this. But um, yeah, I regretted upgrading that person, honestly. And would they have been able to do it without me? Eventually, yes. So I'm not saying, you know, I was an end all be all to that person because I definitely was not. You know, they had a whole scheme going before me and they have a whole scheme going after me. But you know, I was there to provide financial support for things. You know, I remember when we, we moved and he couldn't afford to go half on the furniture after we had already shopped, went shopping for it, had, it was being delivered into the house. And he said he couldn't afford the furniture. And I'm just like, what? Like we went furniture shopping together we chose this together what is the problem but you know gave me a sad sad sob story and I believed it so should I have taken that couch yes no I'm joking uh, <laughs> I definitely thought about taking the furniture but um once again had nowhere to put it um I just regretted those things I regretted giving my niceness to you I regretted giving my my financial funds to you I remember you know paying for the hot or jack winter jackets and I was supposed to get paid back never got paid back for the jackets 
you know? And I didn't question things. It was like, okay, you were out the country. You wanted these jackets. I bought the jackets for you. And I didn't think like, okay, now give me the, like you could, if, if you're sending me flowers, you can obviously pay for your jackets. Right. (laughs) Right. But, um, I didn't think about it like that. I was just like, okay, yeah, you need jackets. I'm going to purchase the jackets for you or the jacket for you. I didn't, you know, I didn't put two and two together. It was kind of like you bought $50 flowers and now I'm buying you $300 coats, but you're going to pay me back. Foolish, foolish me, foolish me, but I'm stronger now. Um, looking at my journal, some of the things that I, I was angry about on the 14th day. Um, something I put in here that really sticks out was he made me lose my self-esteem and he gave me anxiety. Um, (laughs) I mean, that says it all. I lost who I was and he gave me something which was terrible, which was anxiety. I became afraid to fly out of nowhere. Um, and PTSD after an arc is so strong, so strong. I'm glad that I've overcome those things. I'm, I'm able to look in the mirror now and see my beauty and take compliments when people see my beauty, even though I still see flaws in places. I, I, I can see where people find beauty in me. Um, and I'm no longer afraid to fly. That anxiety has gone, but I used to be so terrified in the beginning. I never before him, not afraid to fly with him. So anxious to fly tears falling down my face. Um, the whole shaboom shebang but I say that to say I am five years out you guys hear my stories you hear the things that I'm talking about I'm still going through it but I don't let it control me anymore and you will get there you're two weeks in there's still so much emotion you're still crying about this person you still want this person to hoover you back but stay strong it will get better. You will move on. This person is not for you. They are not going to change. Just keep telling yourself that. So until the next time, keep growing, keep evolving, keep loving yourself at this point. I'm going to keep praying for you guys until the next episode. Bye.